Out in front of shot, off the post, rebound, score! Paul Cotter follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marcia so on the left. Westmith got it to him. He scores! Nicholas Wong! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace out here hanging out inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Darren Millard, Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 250. Home of the Well, that was very nice of you, Chapman, to start the show early. Yeah, apparently, yeah. How'd you find out about that? Uh, I looked over and I could see that the button was not where it was supposed to be. So, oh, so it was in the on position. It sounds that way. It looks that way, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, maybe... maybe Did gotta... we say anything wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so, but... Uh, yeah, Did so, Ryan say anything wrong? No, nope, <laughs> no. Nope. We were on the air uh, just a little bit before we came on. Yeah. If that makes any sense. We were on <laughs> before we came on. I think, I think oh, we yeah. were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Yep. Ryan, uh, when we were ta- chatting about uh, possibly going on the road, Chapman oh, yeah. being on the show from the road, yeah, that was that was on the air. So yeah. I'm glad you didn't insult anybody. No, I like Winnipeg. I enjoy it. I wasn't talking about Winnipeg. Oh, oh yeah, well. The only the only thing I would insult are all dressed chips. I was I was thinking maybe you would have insulted L.A. No, I like Los Angeles. Well, no, no, hey, no. hey, hey. What's the old song? Randy Newman. I love L.A. Yeah, I'm just from uh, the Naked Gun. I can tell you what, uh, though, Albuquerque, <laughs> you were not kind to them. Yeah, well, uh, we should we should do a, a tabulation now. Is that is that double digits yet? That we've been on the air. I think we I think we're we approaching that. Yeah, we're yeah. probably approaching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Ryan, would you agree with that? Yeah, we're easy, easily in the double digits. I don't know if we're quite in double digits, but we're close. We're, 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 we're easily in Come on, come on. Yeah. You guys got to be on my side digits. here. We're sneaking yeah. up on this. So every now and then when Ryan and I are on location together, Ryan's over at Oyo Hotel and Casino today, and I'm back in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Uh, Ryan and I uh, are on the road together, and we'll say to each other, hey, uh, Chapman, we're not on the air right now, right? Which is yeah, it's kind of that. a strange thing to say, but... It's good clarification. <laughs> and, then, and then Chapman will come back to us and, and start off with, hey, no, 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 no. Like, there's no chance of it ever happening. And then, and then you'll get tweets from, from yeah. listeners saying, hey, guys, you're on the hey, air. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we just are, yeah, yeah. Or, or, hey, guys, what's even worse is, hey, guys, you're not on the air. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that happens uh, That happens every now and then, yes. uh, too. Uh, we got to get to uh, what happened last night against the Seattle Kraken. Also, a dust-up on a couple of different fronts in the National Hockey League as teams get ready and flip that switch into, a big-time playoff mode. The Minnesota-Winnipeg game was just an all-out battle in the third period, and that spilled onto the benches between the coaches. And Tampa Bay and Toronto uh, was message-sending throughout that game. The result didn't matter a lick as uh, far as... uh, potential influence in the standings. It was all about just getting ready for round number one as those two teams will, in fact, meet up in the opening round. And we'll also get our game rating uh, to come from uh, last night's uh, victory over the Seattle Kraken. But what's happening over at Oil? 
Well, I'm hanging out, as I mentioned, at the Underground Lounge, the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Uh, fantastic place. Music always on point. That's a big thing for me. Uh, Chris Chapman and I always talk about it. But that being said, I've got tickets. If you want to go to the Highland Games, uh, Darren, I don't know if you're a Highland Games guy. I don't know if you're a big strongman type of com competitor or you've, you've got that, that in your blood. But the Highland Games, so fun, super awesome weekend if you're into kind of the Celtic Festival vibe. And, uh, you know, guys throwing around big, heavy stuff. The Highland Games, that's mm -hmm. where you want to be. I've got tickets for that. I've got tickets for the Clark County Fair. All you got to do is come up to the table, say hello, and you can pick up tickets, four packs for each of those. I've also got an opportunity for you to register to win a pair of tickets to see Beck in August and Phoenix in August. There's Fox Sports T-shirts. $1 blackjack tables inside the Oil Hotel and Casino, home of the $2 Bud, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra. Pool season officially underway with plenty of food and drink specials and always free parking because everyone likes it when I say there's always free parking. Uh, I love the Highland Games. I don't participate in them, but uh, going no. to the Highland Games would make me feel more comfortable when I wear my kilt. So that would be a perfect match. Oh, you marriage. have a kilt? Of course I've got a kilt. Really? And, uh, and don't bother asking. Yes. No, that's awesome. No, no, the like, follow-up uh, question is, with uh, the kill. Oh, is, no, is, I don't need is, to know that. Is, is yes. Oh, okay. Good job. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I, I it, want itch, it itches. That, that's why. I want a kilt yeah. so bad. Uh, well, go buy one. It's, it's, it's very easy. Just uh, get off your wallet and get over there and get measured up. You got to make sure they fit. <laughs> it looks like it's something that could, uh, like, baggy or, or uh, a little bit oversized would be fine. No, you got to make sure it, uh, if it's very important with that. 4-1 uh, win over the Seattle Kraken last night as the Vegas Golden Knights hit the 50-win mark. Bruce Cassidy, here's a stat for you. Mm. First coach ever to win 50 games in a season in back-to-back -back years with two different teams. Never happened before. So added to the list of weird, quirky stats – very rarely, when you win 50 games, are you available to coach another team the next year? That happened uh, with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights head coach, but Bruce Cassidy uh, making a little history last night in the 25th home win uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's 25 and 25, adding up to 50, perfectly balanced. Yeah, it's fantastic and, and well well earned there for Bruce Cassidy because as you as, as you just mentioned, and you're you're right, there's not opportunities really where you're going to have 50 wins one year and find yourself in a new location in a new spot. And for Bruce Cassidy, this is just a guy that, that knows nothing but success, and he is that good of a hockey coach. And I think last night was one of those pinnacle games for the Golden Knights. They were so good. Uh, they were really good out of the gate. Bit of a flat spot for, I was I would call it six minutes. Uh, Bruce Cassidy went eight to to, to nine minutes uh, along that line uh, in the middle of the first period. And then they just took over the game. They grabbed it and pushed Seattle to the to the background. That was three and four and a back-to-back -back for Seattle. Uh, they're a team that needs that energy. To play the way they do, you need to be able to lean on your reserves uh, because they have high energy. You saw that for that spurt in, in the first period, how dangerous uh, they can be. But Vegas uh, played a, a really controlled hockey, and that was one of the best wall-to-wall uh, -wall performances that we've seen because even though the one goal that Seattle scored came off a turnover, which was pseudo self-inflicted for Vegas. So really impressive performance uh, by the Golden Knights. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think for the Golden Knights, uh, 
you know, as you mentioned, it was a, a lull or, or a flat patch for about six or seven minutes. Seattle kind of creeps back into the game because of the Golden Knights and, and, you know, management in the neutral zone with the puck. But then, you know, once Michael Amadio put the puck in the back of the net two minutes into the second period and the Golden Knights were really able to kind of swarm and suffocate the Seattle Kraken, it was all Vegas through the final 40 minutes, just a, a buttoned-up performance uh, in the second and third period from the Golden Knights. Amadio, 16 goals, adds to his career high, yeah. which was set last year, uh, his career season, with 11. And so that's back-to-back seasons with career performances in the goal-scoring department. And he's sat out 15 games this year. Yeah. So he's in that 20-goal territory, which is pretty darn good for a National Hockey League. And think about this. He spent a lot of the first half of the season winning over the coaching staff and management from a consistency standpoint. So the the idea that he can score 16 on multiple different lines in multiple different fashions, except without a lot of power play time, this is a, this is a player where I don't think we've seen the pinnacle yet. I, there's, in fact, I think there's not just another gear. Mm-hmm. There might be two or three to go with this player. And you look at what it costs to grab Michael Amadio. It plucked him off yeah. the waiver wire. Yeah. And had to be patient with him, but have got two big years out of him with more to come on a, on a value contract. That's a, that's a big addition to this lineup. It sure is. And, you know, again, it's one of those situations where I think you've got a player that is – trying to make the most of it. And I thought Bruce Cassidy's commentary last night after the game, it's not just a today or a tomorrow thing for Michael Amadio, but this is something that he's kind of unlocked and and worked on and, and grown in his game this season. And it hopefully is for the rest of his career, carving himself out a spot on a line for a team going to the front of the net and being the guy that finishes off the plays. And I thought, you know, when Bruce Cassidy kind of mentioned that last night and you look at the trajectory for Michael Amadio with the Golden Knights, he's certainly held held up his end of the bargain. He's, he's done the things that the coaching staff has wanted him to do. He's found more consistency on a night-to-night basis, and the hope is that you're able to continue to grow inside this organization with this player. Talk to Bruce Cassidy today over at City National Arena. We'll get to his media availability in hour number two of the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Michael Amadio is a player who I think is still, in some ways, figuring out his identity as a player. Mm -hmm. He's taken big steps towards that uh, with the encouragement of the coaching staff trying to put him in the place that they think he is his best uh, suited in, in the National Hockey League. But there's there's a real development and evolution to his game mm-hmm. from score and finesse guy to big body, get the puck to, to the net. I love the way he was getting the puck to the net uh, last night. And it, yeah. and it is an obvious effort to get it to the inside area. But when he's been taken out of the lineup or he's had his ice time dropped off or taken away from him uh, in game where he's uh, he's spent stretches uh, between shifts. It's because he's made a play or tried to make a play and the puck's turned over or not been uh, 
doing the right thing with the puck uh, in the neutral zone or the other team's blue line in particular. He's he's done a much better job with that lately. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that, you know, more often than not, I think for Michael Amadio, the consistency has been making the right play and, and you know, finding ways to, to just kind of keep the play progressing forward. Um, there were a couple of plays last night, great defensive efforts that kind of led to offensive chances, rushes going back the other way for the Golden Knights, and, you know, that that's really what led to his second goal. It was a good, you know, reload back check from Michael Amadio, breaks up a play, gets on his horse, goes back the other direction, goes hard to the net, and chips the puck in. If you get plays like that from Amadio and, and you know, everything's kind of going north and you're not trying to do too much, I, I think that's where he's really shined as a player so far this season. Well, that speaks to his compete level, which yeah. has certainly become more consistent. And being on the on the right side of that puck in, in a, the defensive zone and helping it go the other way. But the, the idea of making the right play at the specific time with the puck, if there's not something available in the neutral zone or at entering the other team's zone, mm. don't try to deke around somebody. Don't try to beat somebody wide. Uh, don't get caught by the other team's back checker while you're coming up uh, with with a strategy and what to do with that puck uh, and have it stripped away from you. Making that play has really enabled him to make big strides with the coaching staff and then putting him up uh, w- with that line. And, and part of why he's up there has, has just been a, a juggling around uh, with, with players being out of the lineup, but it's also... Uh, the defensive side of it, what you talked about in, yeah. in being able to uh, take pucks away in, in the neutral zone and move pucks up, that's why he was he was taken off uh, the top six about a month and a half ago when Dorofiev came up. Mm. Yeah, Be- you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, I, I you're, you're you're right, and I feel like since getting back into that spot, that aspect of his game has been where it's needed to be. And, you know, if you're Bruce Cassidy, that's the type of response you want to see from a player. But he was put on the fourth line because Bruce wanted somebody responsible there and put Dorofiev up with Carlson and Riley Smith because he's an offensive player and he was playing with two veterans who uh, are very conscious of that side and they could insulate him a little bit more. And he wanted a, a bigger responsible player on, on the fourth line because that fits the mold of, of what that fourth line is. He went down, he did the job, and didn't take it as a, any kind of uh, shot or uh, punishment. Did that job, and then when the opportunity came back, he returned, and lo and behold, he continues to produce. His, his ability to score goals, and this would be a, a fascinating stat, uh, is how many different lines or players he scored goals with this year because he has been one of those um, uh, guys that that has traveled between first, second, third, fourth. He's virtually played on every line. Mm-hmm. He he certainly has. He's been versatile and, and plugged into a lot of different situations. He's he's seen a lot of time, obviously with William Carlson and and Riley Smith, but uh, also a lot of time on that line, uh, fourth line. If whether it be Brett Howden and, and Keegan Colasar or Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar, there have been a lot of different iterations for Michael Amadio so far this season, and through it all, he continues to find ways to be impactful. I, I don't think he was the best player on the ice, though, last night. William yeah. Carlson. Yeah, I agree. From the I first shift. 
to the end of the game last night was the best player. He he didn't uh, score on that line. It went to two for Amadio and one for uh, Riley Smith, and then his good buddy Jonathan Marshall chipped in on a power play. But the the catalyst for that game last night and the offense was was William Carlson, who plays a great straight line game and a brilliantly smart game. Mm-hmm. He is just a coach's dream when it comes to <laughs> defensive responsibility and playing a straight line game and doing the right thing with the puck. When you talk about turnovers, very rarely is William Carlson in that mix. But last night, we saw William Carlson do something that he doesn't try a lot of. And and that was just flat out making high skill plays. He can do it. Mm-hmm. But he's so responsible and so conscious of what's going on. Uh, he, he passes off or he gets the puck deep. Doesn't try to beat a lot of guys yeah. uh, with high-end skill. Did it on that first shift. Did it on the first goal. Did it in the third period again. Uh, and, and made a play on, on the second goal. Like It, it was um, obvious. Like It jumped out at you when it was like, Will, that's what Will, Will's doing this? He's, he's not making the unselfish play and, and getting in deep. I, I love that side of him, and I'd like to see, quite honestly, I'd like to see it a little bit more, even with the – see, this is the difference between Amadio and, and Carlson. I think Carlson could take more chances mm-hmm. because he's so skilled. Amadio is still establishing himself and needs to – continue to build that base and and has to keep it much simpler. Uh, a little Amadio and Carlson from the go make the play and and a more Carlson and Amadio would, would also do uh, Michael uh, really well. And uh, maybe that's why they, they play well together. But I loved seeing just the extra effort on the uh, ad, added skill level uh, and, and trying it uh, from, from William Carlson. Yeah, I mean, William Carlson was, to me, and you know, you said it, the best player on the ice for the Golden Knights last night. He was making a lot of things happen, driving the net, making plays, certainly uh, you know, slicing through the defense, uh, losing the handle but getting the puck to Riley Smith, then it goes back door to Michael Amadio. Just fantastic work from Carlson. And, and it all starts with, with hard work. It all starts with you know, him kind of having the confidence in those moments to, to make those plays and be impactful. And, and I, I think you might have touched on something. The, the putting William Carlson and Michael Amadio together, the, the aspects of Michael Amadio's game that maybe you want to reel in at times and the aspects of William Carlson's game that you want to come out a little bit more, maybe it's a yin and yang situation where both of those players pull out and, and maybe rein in some of the things that you're looking for, and that's what makes them a, a really good line alongside Riley Smith. Well, it's, sometimes it can be the opposite, where you put a player who likes to make plays with two really super responsible guys, and they feel like they can make more plays, and you don't want that. Uh, and uh, what we've seen out of Michael Matteo is is more in tune with uh, what Bruce Cassidy wants. And then as the game went on, you saw some confidence going from from others. I've I've been really encouraged by Chandler Stevenson uh, the last couple of games. Yeah, Stevenson's been good. I've loved Phil Kessel's game. There's really not many other ways I can say it. Phil Kessel had some really memorable shifts, some really good moments in that game. Chandler Stevenson's motors continuing to go. Ivan Barbashev makes those little plays that kind of allows things. How about the hit? 
Yeah, big hits, right? Like I, I think I think Barbashev had a great game. I, I enjoyed the Golden Knights top to bottom last night. I thought they were really, really good. You know what Kessel's streak is up to? Games? Yeah. A lot. One thousand sixty-three. That's just, ridiculous. Just, uh, throw it out there. So ridiculous. He breaks the record every night. Yeah. He plays, and yeah. he'll finish this season playing uh, all. 82 games, one of three Golden Knights that, that can play all 82 games. Uh, but 1,064 when Phil Kessel suits up uh, tomorrow night in Seattle. 1,064 games in a row as he continues to add to it. I don't know uh, what the future holds for him, but uh, but uh, I know that he's been a real uh, addition with, with the Vegas Golden Knights on the uh, off-ice side of it. And you're starting to see a, a little bit more uh, on the ice in in those contributions, and and he's he, it looks like he's having more fun. Mm-hmm. And I've watched Phil his entire career. Yeah, I've seen the highest levels of Phil, and I've seen times when he was so incredibly frustrated uh, during the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs days, where it was pressure packed and it was uh, absolutely uh, challenging from the coaching staff to uh, the wins and losses uh, to the media and it, it, it frayed on him and I know it uh, from from different of his former teammates uh, that, that would tell me how much uh, how much it weighed on Phil I've never seen Phil have more fun outwardly. Smiles and laughing and and showing great emotion on the on the bench before than than what I've witnessed this year. Phil is a guy who uh, wears it on his sleeve, and if he doesn't have a great shift, he'll come back to the bench and he'll be like, "I don't got it. I don't got it. I I, I can't do the actual Phil impression." Uh, Colby Armstrong does it amazing, uh, but but he, he, coaches and and teammates had to manage him. That's not the case right now with Phil. Yeah. He just he's just enjoying every part uh, of of the chemistry of this team. And I think a lot of it, you know, at, at times, right, has to do with the fact that he's going to go play in the playoffs again. And, you know, for a player that has won at, at the ultimate level and been a humongous part of two Stanley Cup championship teams in the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think that when you're away from it for a while, you've, you've got that on the horizon. It, it raises the level of your game. It's fun to play in the playoffs. And for Phil Kessel – that's going to be a reality for him again, and I, I think that that's rejuvenating him a little bit now. We'll get into tomorrow night's roster and the possibilities of players returning. Jack was on the ice today for an optional skate. Uh, the goaltending conversation continues to evolve with the Vegas Golden Knights. Bruce Cassidy touched on that with his meeting with the media uh, during the course of uh, the Packing and the getting ready for the flight off to Seattle, which the team has uh, has taken. It's nice to be in the studio. Normally, I'd be uh, on that trip, but uh, because it's a national game tomorrow night, I get to hang out with Chapman here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Uh, when when you look at the depth of this team uh, and the potential impact players, there's some that jump out at you where you will need them in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Jonathan Marsh, so you're going to need goals from Jonathan Marsh, so yeah. you're going to need points and execution from Jack Eichel. Yeah. But beyond that, who are your your go-to performers or guys that you expect to produce in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Because there's a lot of 
supporting cast. I know, I know Riley's got 20. Uh, I, I realize uh, Mark Stone it could be back. Uh, but like, I wouldn't put everything on Mark Stone, given that he's returning from injury and when and if he does play, uh, he's in the lineup. Uh, whatever he supplies you will be a bonus. Riley gives you uh, end-to-end game, 200-foot game mm-hmm. that, that we all love with William Carlson. But like, who are, who are your guys on this team where you go, I need production out of them? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned Jack Eichel. That, that makes a ton of sense to me. Jack Eichel has to be, to me, the leader in production when it comes to this team, goals, points, all that. I think Jack has to be number one above everybody else. Jonathan Marsh is so you're looking for goals. Yeah. Um, from my aspect, I, I think Riley Smith and William Carlson, I don't necessarily need them to absolutely light it up but I think between the pair of them right you're looking for at least a couple of goals in a series if not maybe a little bit more in terms of that production or you know they're they're picking up assists but the the, the third on their line whether it's Dorofia whether it's Michael Matteo whatever that looks like uh, the third on their lines picking up the goals because you know they're the ones creating plays here and there um, I, I think Chandler Stevenson you certainly need points you need a, a couple of goals here and there from Chandler Stevenson I think that he needs to be a productive center iceman for this Golden Knights hockey team. Um, collectively, I think you need something out of your fourth line in a series. Not necessarily um, more than a goal, but I think you need like a fourth line goal in in a in a playoff series for sure. Um, and then on the on the blue line, I think Alex Petrangelo. You want points from Petrangelo. You want points from Shea Theodore if he's back in the lineup. Those are the the players that I think have to propel the Golden Knights. You know what you said there? What? Jack and Jonathan. Yeah. Those are your guys that score or produce points. Yeah. And then everybody else, there was a, not wavering, but uh, an asterisk with them. I, I want a couple goals here or there. Or I need uh, some production out of the fourth line. It's Jack and Jonathan. This, this is what, it's the epiphany that I've had with this team. Jack and Jonathan... And then contributions from everybody else. And it might be Riley and Will one night. It might have to be Nick Waugh another night. It might have to be Chandler Stevenson uh, and Brett Howden another night. Mm-hmm. But it's con- everybody else, including the blue line, yeah. is, is contributions. Yeah. This is a team that's won 50 games this year. You know what they don't have? Is a thirty-goal score. Yeah, that is mind-boggling and impressive at the same time. Yeah, that you can win fifty games going into the last game of the regular season in first place in the conference and the division, and you don't have a thirty-goal score. That's why when you ran through the list, you said Jack and Jonathan, and then I need a little bit here, I need a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, contributions, uh, like some stuff here. You, you got to get a couple of goals over there. But there's, there's, there's nobody, nobody separates themselves from the crowd beyond those two. Mark Stone would. Yeah. I think Chandler Stevenson did in the first half. Sure. But has, has grown or uh, developed into a, a different 
level uh, with this team, uh, a role with this team. Because it's not the, the same as it was uh, when, when Mark was certainly going great gangbusters. And you can't argue with this. Not, not when you're in first place trying to hold off the, the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche and the wagon that is the, the Edmonton Oilers who are 13-0-1 uh, in, their, in their last 14. Unreal. But guys have more power play goals on the power play than Vegas with their top goal score. It's how you're built. It's different. But this is the extreme level of balance with the, uh, with, with the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Seattle. That, that's the, a blueprint of Vegas. But McCann's got 40. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, like the Golden Knights would have a 30-goal score if Jack Eichel was healthy the, all, the, the entire season. And, and you know what? Facts here. They've won 50 games. Yeah, I, I They've won 50 games, and they don't have a 30-goal score. I'm, that I'm, is just so incredibly impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And, and I think that what you look at with the Golden Knights and what you are expecting or, or needing to see come playoff time, because we don't know when Mark Stone will be back, and I think you're right in, in kind of tempering what your expectations are going to be for Mark until he's back in action for a little bit of time. I think that when you look at the Golden Knights, their path to success in the playoffs is simply Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marcheseau. Those two guys can be your difference makers. And if you're getting balanced production, if you're getting guys to chip in here and there over the course of a seven-game series, they can be successful with that because that's what they've done all season long through 81 games, and it's gotten them to 50 wins. You look at, I'll start throwing teams out to you. Yeah. And give me one or two right off the top of your head, maybe three. The team's Conn Smythe favorites. <laughs> so if, if if that team wins, yeah, who do you think would be the the Conn Smythe Trophy winner? It's it's purely speculative, yeah. But but it's an exercise that that uh, I think is accurate to show just what the Golden Knights approach the Stanley Cup playoffs with. Yeah. So let's go, uh, Dallas Stars. Jason Robertson, Jake Ottinger. Okay. Uh, what about the L.A. Kings? Andre Kopitar, Kevin Fiala, Dark Horse, Jonas Corposalo. Kempe. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, but but like top of your top of your uh, yeah. brain, you you got them. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Okay, the Vegas Golden Knights. You go Jack Eichel because <laughs> their best player. Yeah. And after that, yeah, okay, um, Stone's not back. Uh, the all-star Chandler Stevenson, his points uh, dropped up. Marsh, so I could see scoring a bunch of goals, but uh, is is he the leading point producer? Is it Riley Smith? Like there, there is legitimately mm-hmm. ten players yeah. on the Vegas Golden Knights that you could see leading this team in point production in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Could I see Chandler Stevenson? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, could I see? Marcheseau, Eichel, for sure. Riley Smith, he goes on heaters. Mm-hmm. William Carlson, he's playing great right now. Now, that would be a, a bump, but uh, based on his late season uh, production, uh, he's going uh, right now. Pavel Dorofiev has been uh, just uh, bursted on, uh, on, on the scene uh, for us. Like, 
Petrangelo uh, points uh, all, all over the place uh, yeah. right right now. If Shea Theodore is back, he could do it. Like, go down that list, and I don't think I'm I'm reaching for the stars with any of these guys. No, I don't think you are either. I, I think I think you're you're absolutely right on the money. I think for the Golden Knights, it, it's a toss up, and you could probably go ten to twelve deep on who you would expect to be your front runner for a con Smythe if this team were to go all the way. Uh, and you know you're talking about position players, but we haven't even mentioned goaltending, right? Like there's an opportunity that does exist that if the Golden Knights go on a deep run, whoever's in net. Whoever kind of takes hold of that, whether it's Loren Brossois or Jonathan Quick or Aiden Hill, uh, it, there's a potential route there for a goaltender to be in the consideration too. I disagree with you on that. Really? Because I don't think it's going to be one guy. Yeah, I, I think... It, it, there, why would you think that with this team that rotates... I know Brissois played five of the last seven, but he's been up for a couple of months. Why is it all of a sudden going to change where one guy is going to carry the ball for two months? And this this goes across the National Hockey League, uh, Ryan. I, and, and I had, had a, a great, frank conversation with Ray Ferraro, ESPN's uh, lead hockey analyst this morning uh, for the Chirp Podcast. Go listen to his, if you don't believe me, Listen to Ray and how he talks about goaltending right now. Teams have gone away from playing somebody four games in a row, mm-hmm. three games in a row. Edmonton, they've got a balance. You could see them flip-flopping. Go to I, L.A. I, they I flip-flop. Think, I, There's teams flip-flop all over or rotate. No, and, under- and they're, they're going to all of a sudden go with the guy to play 12 straight games. Ray doesn't see it. I don't see it. Uh, I, I'm I, right with him on that. I, I don't think that that would disqualify a goaltender from winning the Conn Smythe. If, if, if it's balanced, they're not winning the Conn Smythe. I, I don't think it's going to be balanced, though. Like I, you, you can make the argument that you don't expect to or you're not, you're not thinking you're going to see one guy four games in a row, but that doesn't mean that you're going to see a 50-50 split for some of these teams. Maybe some of them, sure, but I, I think for the Golden Knights, like I, I don't expect it to be a 50-50 split in the first round of the playoffs. If it's 60-40-70-30, goal is not winning the cons, mate. I, not- I, I disagree. If the numbers are good and the team wins and, and you're looking at a goalie that is coming through and clinching series and coming through in big moments, depending on how the games go, I think that a goaltender can win the cons, mate, even if they don't play every single game of the playoffs. Voters don't like defaulting to goalies. I know that for a fact because I've been part of that group. Uh, it, it, not in the periphery. I've not voted for a con smite, but I've been part of the discussion with that group. And they, they hate it when they have to default to the goalie. Sometimes it jumps out at you, but it's, it's like, oh, do we, do, like, does the goalie really deserve it just because nobody else has grabbed it? They, they'll go out of their way. 60-40, 70-30, it's got to be way more than that uh, for a goaltender to win. That's the only reason why I didn't put a goaltender. I didn't name the goaltender when it came to the, to the Vegas Golden Knights. Are you going to need great goaltending? Absolutely. Are you going to need spectacular performances from both three? I don't know how deep you go. I've seen three before uh, in, in, in goaltending. Yes. But if it was a, for a position, yeah, I, I'd buy it. 
but uh, but not for uh, for one person uh, alone. But uh, just an amazing exercise. When I throw out teams to you, you got two, three names right off the bat. Just jump. Vegas, Jack, mm, Jonathan's going to score. And a whole bunch of other guys. It could be 10 guys. Uh, let's take a break. And when we continue, uh, we'll bring you up to date on some of the lineup uh decisions and speculation that's ahead for tomorrow night's uh, final game of the regular season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Reflect a little bit more on fan appreciation night from last night. I've got one observation that uh, uh, just occurred to me as I was watching the ceremony and went, wow, that's that's incredible. And uh, we've got our news and notes, one-timers from around the National Hockey League in hour number two. It's the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Optional skate today for the Vegas Golden Knights before the team flew off to Seattle. Uh, interesting group of participants on the ice at City National Arena. Caden Korzak. Jack Eichel was out there. Pavel Dorofiev. He's never missing anything. He's, he's having so much fun right now. He's not missing. Hi, Sam. Shea Theodore was out there, non-contact sweater. That was great to see. Jonathan Quick, Aiden Hill, Paul Cotter, Teddy Bluger, Keegan Colasar, and two more, Mark Stone and Braden Pahal. Hmm. So a couple of names in there. Mark Stone, back on the ice. Yes. That was great after a scheduled uh, day off yesterday following his first uh, full practice with the team. That makes you just go, oh, okay. That's great to see him uh, back out there uh, doing his thing. Uh, Shea Theodore gives you some encouragement, and he, uh, he's traveling with the team to Seattle or traveled with the team. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to play. Non-contact sweater, that'd be highly, that'd be a quick jump from yeah. non-contact sweater in an optional skate to in the lineup. I'd, so I, I, I will never say never. But he's not going to play uh, tomorrow. Uh, and Jack Eichel being out, and he was in a regular colored sweater and was available to the media after, uh, and he will he will go tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, that's big. That's huge. I think for the Golden Knights and and big for the fan base. Obviously, you you want Jack back in the lineup. You want him healthy and ready to go for Game One of the playoffs. So if he's if he's going tomorrow night. Uh, the the opportunity to clinch the division and the conference, that's big for Vegas. Uh, well, my discussion with Ray today, uh, Ferraro, uh, on the Chirp Podcast, we spent uh, a good part of time uh, on what Jack's going to experience. Yeah. Now, this this is not a VGK podcast. Uh, it's the National Hockey League. Uh, and so we, we do touch on a bunch of different things. But being that it's Jack's first playoff experience, He's looked forward to it for so long. What is he going to go through? And Ray breaks it down really well. And it's not just a bed of roses here, uh, what what the experience is going to be like for Jack, because it's, it's, Ray didn't say this, but I'll, I'll paraphrase. It's it's going to be overwhelming Yeah. in, in the first game, maybe uh, 30 minutes uh, of that game. So I encourage you to listen to that. Uh, it's the trip. It's, uh, it's available right now. How a guy who scored 400 goals in the National Hockey League, Ray Ferraro, and uh, the little ball of hate. I love him. And he, uh, he, he's been in every situation. And what he says about what Jack Eichel is going to experience and go through emotionally and physically next week Never mind a long playoff run. 
mm-hmm. but just breaking through and making that debut, it's uh, it's really informative. We'll give you a, a little bit of a look inside because Jack doesn't even know right now. Yeah, what what lies ahead for him? Yeah, you're right on the money. He he doesn't, and you know it's going to be another level in the career of Jack Eichel, and, and you don't know what it's like until you get there. And I think for Jack. The, the most important thing is going to be getting into and getting through that first game. You're, you're hopeful, right, that, that Jack's going to get into that in, environment and the, the, the natural progression, the natural titration up in terms of the, the uh, intensity is something that, that pushes Jack even further, and I think that it will. Uh, but until you're in it, until you know what it's like, and until you've kind of tasted that for the first time, you just don't really know what it's going to be like. Now, uh, Ray has his angle on it. I will add on to this debut that's coming for Jack Eichel. And this is very non-scientific. But in watching Jack play, and then watching Jack play on national television nights, there's a difference there's an elevated level of performance and I, it's not it's not conscious but he knows what the stage is he's yeah. an east coast guy he knows it's a national broadcast and there's a, a bite to his game there is a uh, another level of quickness and intensity to his game yeah and point to it the game against uh, Buffalo and Buffalo. Yeah. We we had the the game here uh, about three weeks ago where it just surged. And, and he loves it. Like, he knows everything about the game. There's not anything that when, – when we talk about who, who knows stats and who knows <laughs> clinching situations yesterday, yeah. Jack yeah. knows all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, all of it. Uh, and he knows who's doing the television and who's got the, the, the game feed and uh, the broadcast. And that's one area where I think could create an environment of one of those special nights in his debut. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's, it, it's going to be overwhelming uh, on a lot of levels, uh, his excitement to, 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 to get through it after eight years, um, and, and it's going to take him an adjustment. But I wouldn't, I will say it right now, I won't put it past him. Mm-hmm to have a special night given how many eyeballs are going to be on him. I, I wouldn't put it past him either. I think that Jack Eichel has, you know, obviously been waiting for this moment in his career, professional career, for a long, long time. And I, we've seen Jack do some amazing things this season. We've seen Jack take moments inside of a game and dominate, take over. And you know what? For the Golden Knights, uh, you don't have to look too much further than a potential first-round opponent in the Winnipeg Jets to see what Jack Eichel can do when he decides he's taking over a game. So with all that being said, I I think that there's absolutely an avenue for Jack Eichel in his first postseason game to dominate and do something special. So normally I go, "Mm, get comfortable. You don't, you don't have a lot of wiggle room in a Stanley Cup playoff series, but get yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen with Jack. I think he jumps in with both feet and will have to bring his game back 
his head will be going a thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. He'll have to bring that back uh, to, to, the, to the game and the, uh, and the emotion level of it and, and almost uh, find his comfort level. Uh, there's not easing into it and getting up to, to it and, and holding himself back. The reins will be let go. And away he goes. Uh, my thought process watching the fan appreciation ceremony, that's coming up, uh, plus news and notes uh, as we bring you one-timer, uh, the segment uh, which dabbles in uh, happenings all around the National Hockey League. And our ratings from last night in the 4-1 win over the Seattle Kraken. It's all ahead as we bring you the VGK Insider Show from Fox Sports Las Vegas and the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Sounds like a live show with the background of Ryan at the Oil Hotel and Casino and the music. It sounded like a, a live recording. It's not, is it? No, well, that no. was, yeah. That well, is, yeah, from oh, is. M- Alice and Chains from MTV's okay. Unplugged, yeah. So it was. However many years ago it was. That year I was trying to give Ryan all the credit. It did. It sounded cool, though. It did. Uh, it's not me. Had some Certainly applause. I like applause. Applause is good. You don't get enough applause. I don't. No. No, I like, should. Why don't, why don't people there we appreciate go. you more? I don't know. Yeah. I just did. Yeah. I appreciated you. Yeah. No, you were you were clapping. Was that a sarcastic clap? No, yeah, no, it, it was. It was a total sarcastic. Yeah. It wasn't at all. Like that. No, uh, James this, is over here shaking his head. It wasn't a sarcastic. That was clap. that was not a. No, see that is more That's of not a, sarcastic. an appreciation. That's exactly clap. what I did. The, the other <laughs> one, the, the other one lacked tempo for appreciation. Ah, you're it not here. It was dripping with sarcasm. I, I I know. I've I've heard. This is how know, I appreciate you, Dan. I've heard enough great applause hold on, hold on, appreciating hold on, hold on. me, and I hold know on. that that wasn't one of them. Do you do you want to see how I applaud for you, Darren? Nah, and you stay Uh-oh. here. Yeah, that, there you go. <laughs> see, that was along the line with what you gave Chapman. Chapman, you know what? We're going to make you feel appreciated around here. Okay. And I'm going to lead the charge on that. I like that. All right? I like that. Let's do it. Nobody supports you. Remember that. Nobody has your back. More than me. Right. And we're going to go on this right. marvelous run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, I hope so. Arm in arm. Yes. Having the greatest time. I'm just not jumping out of an airplane with you. Crisscrossing North America. Yeah. I'm not jumping out of an airplane yeah. We'll start in Winnipeg. Maybe go to Edmonton. I tried to tried to go skydiving with my kid about a month and a half ago. Really? But she's not old enough. Oh, oh wow. But I was like, hmm, that might be a sign. I have tried you, to go skydiving. I tried to go skydiving... 30 years ago. Okay. Two days before, had a yeah. car accident, and I couldn't go because uh, if I, whatever, if I had a neck injury later on, like a week later, uh-huh. they would have blamed it on the skydiving. I wouldn't have gotten my insurance. Huh. So I'm like, hmm, maybe that's a sign. Yeah. So I don't think, go. I think don't go. I, I, that's over two now. Don't do it. Yeah. You don't want to test fate. But I did jump off the strat. That was cool. Oh, yeah, but you have a rope. It's a yeah. little bit different. Have you done it? No. Would you do it? No. Absolutely not. No. No. We got a rope. That's different. Would you do it? Well, it is is different. I I feel like that's a lot more safe and and secure. Like, I'm not relying on a a parachute to open 10,000 feet in the air. But you wouldn't do it? Absolutely not. No. 
I wouldn't go chance. on any of those rides. None of that. Not a chance. No. I go. I, I go skydiving. I, I do the jump off the strap before I do the ride. The ride thing yeah. kind of freaks me out. Just hanging out over there. Yeah. No thanks. You know what I want to do is the uh, the roller coaster at New York, New York. Never done that. We got hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy ahead of Game 82 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Jump!